and welcome to episode 179 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxburgh, and I'm joined today by my brothers in arms, my brothers in E3 arms, uh, Brody. Mm. Hello. And James. Good morning. <laughs> uh, this is going to be our special um, E3 edition wrap-up, kind of like discussing uh, the week that was at E3. Um, Brody, James, and myself were up for almost every press conference, I feel. I, I feel like we only really missed the PC gaming one, maybe. And we were a bit kind of slow on EA Play, I suppose, just because of like the way that they were handling that. But otherwise, we were there for the heat of it all and, and wrote up tons of articles and wrap-ups that you can all visit, uh, go and check out over at the E3 hub at pressout.com.au. Um, but we're going to be taking a bit of a different approach to our special uh, Starcast E3 wrap-up this time. Um, Brody, you had an idea of how we would handle this. Uh, yeah, uh, just to keep it simple, because people only care about a few things. Mm. Um, I thought we'd maybe just discuss who we each think won E3, uh, yeah. and then maybe rattle through our top five games from the conference that we each liked, and then maybe talk a little bit about um, sort of whether it was probably a good idea in retrospect, having seen how E3 played out, for Sony to sort of step aside this year, mm. uh, and maybe the state of the conference in general, like whether it's... Because there's a lot of people questioning its viability going forward, and I think yeah. that's sort of a conversation maybe worth having too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start off with the big question then, I guess. Who won E3? Uh, James, who in your mind won the, the convention, conference, ask me. slash I'm trade show? Prepared. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. I've, already, uh, bro, I've, well, already, <laughs> I've already said nobody, but I mean, I guess... Um, no, I guess in terms of like when I was watching the stuff and... I got the most excited for. I think it's, I think it's Nintendo, but like, I don't, but like, I, I think that they didn't have much competition either. Like, I don't think it was even Nintendo's best E3. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I mean. Like, yeah, there was some really cool announcements and stuff from them and they were probably the most exciting ones. But then I just compare that to, um, like, EA and Ubisoft and stuff, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a tough one this year. I don't think there was like a very clear standout, and it kind of comes down to personal preference a lot. Um, in my mind, I think I was most impressed by Xbox's showing, um, which might come as a surprise to everyone because um, I'm obviously like such a like a diehard PlayStation fan. Um, but I think that Xbox just showed some really cool games. Granted, not a lot of them were their own. Um, they were third-party <coughs> games that were going to be coming to PlayStation and Nintendo as well, potentially. Um, but they kind of had a lot of emphasis on Game Pass and the sort of new offerings there with it coming to PC. Um, I still think that is such great value for money. And to see all these new games coming out with that Game Pass kind of logo stamped in the bottom of the trailer, I think is it it really cool. Um we got like new hardware and exclu- and uh, accessories from them. Um, obviously, the sort of Project Scarlet was discussed in, uh, very briefly um, with more of that to come. And we got an idea of what the first kind of launch title was going to be for that with Halo Infinite. Um, and we got the, the new controller with it being the accessory. Um, and like the new acquisition, I thought was amazing. Um, Double Fine kind of jumping on board with Xbox. That's a, that's a huge get. And I think one of the most kind of understated uh, pieces of news to come out of the week of e3 um and then finally like bloody keanu reeves was there and that was just like such a a, such a memorable kind of iconic e3 moment that i think we're going to be talking about for years to come um 
and in that sense, I think like Xbox ticked kind of all the boxes of what we had expected E3. Um, maybe with the absence of any kind of like significant kind of first party showing um, uh, without any sort of real gameplay showing of any of their games as well. Um, so yeah, it comes with a few caveats and I've probably got like a list of honorable mentions as well, but Xbox kind of had it in my mind. Um, what about you, Brody? Do you disagree? No, I, I agree. I had Xbox as my probably most preferred conference, but um, like you say, I think that does come down to taste. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit of a down year, I think, for E3. A lot of people playing it safe, probably because, as we now know, we're on the cusp of a new console cycle, so perhaps people don't have a lot to show. But um, yeah, I, I still liked Xbox's presentation for all the reasons you said, and you know, I got I got a taste of Gears, despite there being no gameplay, like for mm. the campaign. Um, and Halo Infinite looks really cool, even though, again, no gameplay. That's a common thread throughout this E3, I think. Yeah. Um, but on the same token, like uh, I'm pretty encouraged by the Infinite trailer and the direction that I think 343 might be taking it now. I think they might have course-corrected a little bit and uh, are now giving people sort of what they want from their Halo games. Um yeah, uh, so Xbox for me, but I probably would have had Bethesda a close second. Yeah, because uh, because I think uh, their new IPs in uh, Ghostwire, Tokyo, and Deathloop look really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did deduct a point because of Commander Keen and <laughs> what they did to my boy. Only one point. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I can't be too critical. At least he's back in some form. It is what I've been asking for. <laughs> Yeah, I we everyone's kind of heart broke for you a little bit. I think uh, with that, you laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I did laugh profusely at you. Actually, fair point. <laughs> yeah, your your stream was like it felt like half a minute ahead of ours, and I joked, <laughs> "Oh, it could be Commander Keen," and you're like, "It is, <laughs> it is," and I. Over the course of the next minute or two, I died inside more than I can say. <laughs> uh, James, what do you what do you make of uh, of Brady and I sort of siding with Xbox a little bit there. What do you mean? That's fine. You all have opinions. I think I think Keanu Reeves is just like super low hanging fruit because the internet's obsessed with him. But that's yeah. It was still. A cool I also moment. don't it's very. It's just I, also don't, expected. I, I also don't think anyone's going to remember in five years that that cyberpunk presentation release date and Keanu Reeves was actually at Xbox's conference. True. Like. Like, I don't think that's what people are going to take from that, so... Yeah, like, they'll well, remember it happened, but not necessarily yeah. associated They'll be like, where'd that happen yeah. again? Eh, I don't know. But I it's think, still a cool um, moment. I think Xbox was really good, and I think Xbox, as a brand, like, I say this all the time, but has turned themselves around so much in, like, the past few years, and um, this is, like, the first year for me, personally, where Game Pass is actually useful. Um, yeah. Because, like, like I play quite a bit of stuff, so a lot of the Game Pass games that were on the servers weren't really useful to me. So yeah, um stuff you'd already played before. Yeah. Or, so like obviously like they like one of my biggest surprises that I that I thought was a pleasant surprise is obviously Blair Witch. Like that's coming out in mm. August. Um and that's gonna be your Game Pass straight away. Um Gears of War I'm I'm pretty keen for. Um and because I've got Ultimate now, which is exciting, <laughs> um <laughs> I can play that early. Um mm-hmm. and it feels like it's for free. Like I don't know about you boys, but after finally getting my Ultimate to work, I, uh, I actually played some games on the computer as well. I, uh, I, that's where I started playing The Messenger, because I, oh, yeah. I, I, said, I said prior to this that I've just started playing that game. Um, 
and then I bought it for Switch because I thought I'm not playing this on PC. But mm-hmm. I have got use out of my Ultimate, so uh, there you in go. that regard, yeah, it's very cute. Yeah, very as, soon, cute. as soon as I like um, activated my subscription, as <laughs> as painful as that was for me, um, uh, I downloaded like a bunch of games that had sort of been in my back catalog for ages, and the, the hope that I'll eventually get around to play them. We'll see if that ever eventuates. But I, I like the idea that they are there and they're waiting for me to play when I get the chance. Um, yeah, much I can't of the wait way that my Steam library is. I can't wait for the app to be functional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well, it's only it's so, so down long to moment. install that for starters, and then to like sort out all the bill paying for my upgrade subscription. I was like, oh, to literally find a game at the moment on that that I want, I have to hit the shuffle button until I find it because you just can't really? go through categories or anything. Well, I can't. I can't go through like adventure games, blah blah. blah. It just keeps crashing out on me. Oh wow. Yeah. I have I have had one or two crashes, but yeah, I've not not spent enough time with it. it yet, seems like so. every time I try to go to the store or search for a game, it just says, "Sorry, partner, but restart the app." <laughs> <laughs> Grim. Hopefully, they're in that out soon. Um, I agree with you, though, Brady on Bethesda. They were they were an honourable mention for me. Um, in that they have a lot of games to speak to me, I suppose, and we'll we'll touch on those on I'll touch on those a little later. Um, but what about Square? What did what did you make, James, of, of Square's presentation? Um, being that you are a big fan of a lot of their games, um, was there enough there to excite you, or was it a bit disappointing? I don't think I am a fan of Square. I think you've misread something there. But no, um, okay, all right. In terms of, um, I just assume you're a fan of everyone, James. Don't step on the Segway. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, it's, yeah, good, I guess. Um, a lot of weird little, little announcements, like, um, uh, Octopath on PC now, um, that new game, I think Onin, Oninaki, that new game, um, mm. like Final Fantasy VIII remastered, Crystal Chronicles remastered, lots of little remastered announcements, um, and obviously yeah. they're, the- I would argue they're two big announcements where, like, your Final Fantasy VII remaster, remake, uh-huh. and, um, Avengers finally being shown off. Yeah, um, and I Quite thought unquote. like Final Fantasy. <laughs> I thought Final Fantasy was fine, like cool. Um, mm. But Avengers really surprised me with how little they had to show, considering how long it's been in development. Yeah, that really, like, that kind of shocked me a little bit, and also how it wasn't like MCU flavored, and how um, soon it's coming out. Really, yeah, like. It, and that's like we like I said it before. That's like a running theme. This this E three is like with gears coming out in September, but we didn't see any real footage. Mm-hmm. It was kind of disappointing. And then Avengers, I was really expecting to see like a thirty minute walkthrough of some sort. Not maybe at the press conference, but like at least from the floor or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Well, let's let's use this opportunity then to segue across into our favorite kind of games or announcements that, from the uh, from E3. Um, Avengers was on my list um, just because it's a game that I'm hugely excited for. I thought the trailer, although admittedly yeah, less than I hoped to see from it, I was really hoping to see like a good kind of few minutes of gameplay, kind of all, like switching between the two characters. We only kind of, I think, only got like a br- the briefest glimpse of that in that trailer. Um, I really like the idea of it. I love that it's got cooperative elements to it. Um, I l- I'm excited by what they've sort of teased of the story so far too. Um, and the Sorry. voice cast is <laughs> amazing. It was like, if you were to assemble my dream team of, of a cast uh, of, uh, of voice cast, uh, voice actors, um, that'd be it. Uh, it's pretty amazing. What um, do you what- think about the point that, uh, I think I read on various other sites that apparently you can only play the story solo. Oh, 
Yes, uh, I did see that. Um, yeah, and there's the side content where people can come in and play with you. Yeah, so I don't know how the cooperative side of it will actually come in, whether it's post-story stuff like Endgame stuff. Right. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, but, uh, yeah, because I've, I've read on a number of sites. Uh, I think it came from a Eurogamer interview, perhaps, where they were talking about uh, the cooperative and the multiplayer and how you sort of can't stack a team of hulks and all that sort of stuff. Um, that yeah, they said that the, the story is going to be like solo only, which I found a bit interesting considering how it's been marketed. And Yeah, that's not how I interpreted it at all. Um, yeah, I very much have the impression that you'd be able to play through the story sort of with up to four people and you sort of choose one of the four the four characters to, to play as. Oh, sorry, one of the five. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, that's... I'm not sure how that's to me now. Maybe I need to remove it from this list. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a little kind of... I was a little disappointed not to see gameplay, but I, I didn't really kind of agree with everyone that were criticizing the look of the characters. I don't know if you guys saw this, but like all, all about Twitter, people were really complaining about the the appearance of them saying they kind of look like your sort of amateur league Avengers um, in comparison, I guess, to the like the MCU ones that we have. And the, I was, the I was sort of on this fence, actually. Like I, I wasn't perturbed that they didn't look like Robert Downey Jr. and all that sort of stuff because obviously uh-huh. that would cost a stupid amount of money. And if they are trying to create their own Marvel game universe or whatever, <clears throat> whatever, mm-hmm. obviously you can't do that. But I think it's just that for me, I think the character models were actually really kind of bad. Like Tony Stark looked kind of ridiculous. Um, How so? I don't know. I don't know. I just I don't know. Like, uh, let me. Pull the proportions are seem yeah, a bit yeah. weird. It, it, it seemed like it, it seemed like his hair was as tall as the rest of his head. I don't know. It, it, it was just a really bad... I, I just think it's, it's a bad model. Like, I don't think it's bad that he doesn't look like our MCU Iron Man. I just think the models look bad in general. And they just look okay. unremarkable. I like think very, they just look like They look Iron featureless. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think the only one I can really sort of like maybe criticize would be Captain America. I, just because he just looks a bit kind of more than having being a super soldier wearing the super suit it looks like he's just kind of tossed on some ride gear um and so oh, that was the I'm, only one i was a bit like oh, clarify, maybe i want to design it like that way suits. i was more talking about just their face models right okay yeah, okay suit, i think suits, people were taking issues iron man everything about them yeah yeah well people will do that yeah and I, I think maybe a large part of it is like we have this kind of very uh, this this attachment to the MCU ones and they're on the forefront of everyone's mind at the moment because any games so recently come out that it's kind of hard to see anyone else in those like those costumes. Um, yeah, well, you you spend ten years with something you get familiar with and it will be jarring, I guess. And uh-huh. people are in a culture at the moment where they know if they complain about something that you know it might get changed. But I'm yeah. glad that. Uh, Crystal Dynamics have come out and said it's that is how it is. It's yeah, not changing, I, I'm so. so glad. Can you imagine how much work that would be, like to to redo all the character models? It would take, and then people the would complain that eight. they don't get the game for like another yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It'd be it'd be so dumb. Um, James, what was your take on Avengers? You you a fan of it at all? Um, I I'm not a Marvel person, so I don't really like. I'm not excited on that front. Um, I'll play it, give it a go. Yep. Um, I like what Crystal Dynamics has done in the past, so, like, as a game, I'm pretty keen to give it a try, but um, it's, like, if something else gets announced, I would probably drop it pretty quick, um, yeah. just because I don't particularly care too much. Um, yeah. Makes sense. 
Well, what what games did you care about? What was on on your list of the games that excited you? Oh, three. I've got too many, I think, because um, <laughs> I know we went to have five, and I just went through the list and wrote everything down. Um, yeah, I've got like a few honourable mentions too. I've probably got like a list of nine all up. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, this is just like, like Blair Witch obviously like appeals to me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that looks that looks really good. Um, just a solid horror game. Um, I really like Blair Witch as a movie. Um, mm-hmm. then obviously Bethesda had quite a few. When I was going through the list, I was like, oh, so Deathloop and Ghostwire look really good, but we don't know much about them. Yeah. Um, but I guess like we're at this point where the the pedigree of the developers kind of gives you faith in them anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then there are two games they show quite a bit of, like Youngblood and Doom Eternal, just both look so solid. Mm-hmm. Um, like Doom, going to heaven for Doom. Like, I, I know it sounds like it's so dumb and cliche, but it's just such a good idea. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, when you made four Doom, five Doom games, like, how do you kind of make it different? And, like, I like the idea of not going to hell, going the other way. Mm-hmm. Um we could, like, I mean, Star Wars, I think, it's Star Wars is, like, the one that I'm not sure about. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you guys agree? <laughs> like, so, I, I, yeah, Star Wars Star is on Wars, my list, just because Star I Wars think... is so annoying, because, like, everything I'm reading about the game sounds great, uh-huh. but then what I've seen, it was like... <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like I think we talked about it last episode. So yeah, we had a bit. We had a bit of the gameplay around at the time, so we talked about it then. Um, but yeah, Star Wars is still on my list just because I guess it resonates with me so well. Um, and I th- the gameplay was what I expected it to be. I think, which is is not to criticize it. It's I guess I suppose I had like certain expectations for it and it met those expectations. It just didn't go so far to exceed them, I suppose. Um, but I like the way that they're sort of approaching the combat. I love that force powers is in it. I love that there's kind of uh, an element of kind of exploration and platforming and, and that kind of thing as well, much in the same kind of vein of as there is in say uncharted or whatever. Um, but the fact that I can make that comparison, I guess, excites me. Like, it's it's got that same sort of look and feel. Um, if they can kind of take, you know, something like the gameplay of The Force Unleashed kind of did, which I didn't think was all that bad in the grand scheme of things, and just build upon it and kind of modernize it, make a stand up in a contemporary sort of era of gaming, I suppose, I'm going to be all about it. Um, so that's still on my list, for Jedi The Fallen Order. Um, only, cause I think, because I just, like, have a lot of hope for it. But we'll see if that pans out. Uh, Brody, what did you have on your list? Was there any games you had? Uh, yeah, so like James, I think he mentioned Ghostwire. I don't know if he had it on his list, but I did have Ghostwire on my list just because, mm-hmm. though it didn't show any gameplay, as James says, you sort of begin to trust certain developers. Like, uh, you know, Naughty Dog put out a CG trailer first for The Last of Us, but we knew it was going to be, you know, top shit because it's what they do. Um, mm. So, so <laughs> come on, James, don't don't be like this. Um, so anyway, yep, you can hook that to my veins, I'll play that. Um, I was very enthused by Halo, like I said off the top. I, yeah. uh, the, I think the human element of that trailer sort of endeared us immediately to that character, even mm. though we don't know who plays him or, you know, what his name is necessarily. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that he'll sort of play the, <clears throat> like the Sergeant Johnson role, where he'll, uh, stick by you. Um, I, I also had Blair Witch, actually, because, uh... Though I don't typically play horror games like that, I think it's because it looks like 
And who's a buyer? Is a Bloober team? Yeah. Um, yeah. Observer uh, tip- and Layers of Fear. Yeah. So if it's going to be like Layers of Fear, where if I'm recalling right, there's not actually like a whole lot of con- uh, like combat. It's just like a run and hide sort of puzzle horror game sort of thing. Then that could be kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I have that. I have. Uh, Police Stories, which is uh, a little cute indie game that was sort of shown. Not, it's not cute actually. It's actually quite violent. But um, <laughs> it was it was shown during kind of funny's uh, indie showcase, which I actually enjoyed quite a lot. I look mm-hmm. forward to next year's. Um, yeah, Police Stories is basically it's it's my jam. It's a top down shooter that looks like Hotline Miami, but you actually have to like sort of proceed with a bit of caution. Otherwise, you know, you might get in trouble as a policeman it, for yeah, just shooting first. Yeah, it kind of looks like Rainbow Six kind of crossed with yeah, Hotline Miami yeah. in a bit of a sense. It's like a tactical top-down shooter, so that, that's kind of cool to me. And mm-hmm. uh, my most anticipated for uh, coming out of this E3, I think, was Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, yeah, cool. Because, uh, uh, as I've said, uh, I'm not actually a huge Watch Dogs fan. I played the first one for an hour before I got sick of the grimdark, brooding protagonist who just you know didn't interest me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so based on that, I didn't play the second, despite hearing uh, that it's great. <laughs> like I hear it's great. This is I, the mistake I, everyone makes. Uh, yeah, well, I made they that shouldn't mistake. Have, they shouldn't have made the first one so shit. <laughs> no, but that's, uh, <laughs> oh, that's that Assassin's Creed wouldn't exist. Like, yeah, it's true. I get that. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that Assassin's Creed one was. Sh- but anyway, that's that's another point. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, and so what they're doing with, like, you know, the NPCs, which I think they're sort of coining as now playable characters instead of non-playable, which is just very clever. Uh, And the fact that I just love London as a city, it has me very excited for it. Mm. So I look forward to just walking around and seeing if I can recognize things. Yeah, I agree. I think the whole, like, perimeter thing is quite a bold move, um, but the ambition of it to sort of, like, play as, as any character within the world and every character to be fully animated and voice acted and kind of have a bit of a backstory to each of them as well, I think is is incredible. And um, if they're able to pull that off, it could be quite something special. Um that being said, like, I hope it doesn't kind of get, like, too kind of bogged down and uh, constantly having to recruit people to make sure you have the lives. I, I kind of hope they balance that okay. Um, but I agree that the setting's really cool. I'm interested to see what their vision of a post-Brexit London is like. That that should be probably quite entertaining. Um, at first, I must admit, at first, when they started showing the trailer and I heard, like, that guy's Cockney accent, I was like, oh, please, like, don't let the entire game be this, like, bloody accent. And then you saw, what was her name? Helen, the the Helen, old lady, yeah. just <laughs> beat the crap out of people and she's, like, sort of a polite old English lady. Um, well, maybe not so polite, actually. Um, I loved that. I, th- I thought that was fantastic and it was quite a memorable thing to to come out of e3 as well the um, only so yeah, thing Legion's that concerns on my list with it is a good point that a lot of people have made and it's that there's only sort of four character classes so like yeah. all of these npcs in one way or another are going to be tied down to four separate classes yeah i mean so, there has to be we're kidding ourselves if well, there's not going to be some limitation here on there like you can't yeah, have yeah. hundreds of unique characters all in the one game this can be but they have they have also said that uh players uh, like the characters will sort of behave according to their attributes so like helen probably won't be able to scale a massive fence yeah um just like she won't be able to run like someone in their 30s so mm-hmm. at least it's gonna feel somewhat authentic despite being caged in by these yeah like limitations I reckon on the- she'll be able to run better than me personally <laughs> 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 the only thing 
Well, I, I didn't mention Ubisoft because I thought we were going to talk about them separately, but I, I think Watch Dogs looks really good as well. But um, I do wonder, like, how does it all work in terms of the story and how it plays out, like, with no no character? It seems like... I, I, it's a good like, question because I thought this as well. But yeah. um, I, I would have to imagine that maybe it's just like... Or like maybe it's just like a framework of a story that slots characters in based on who you recruit. Um, so like everyone's cutscenes will probably be near enough the same, but different characters will flow in and out of it. Yeah, but then imagine like I just think you think about like they've got to they've got to record so much like dialogue for every character type. Like it just seems like such a daunting. It's it's a big ambitious project, that's for sure. Yeah. I feel like the um I don't I don't know if it's. I don't even think it's an AI person, but the the man in the chair, ear in, uh, like voice in the ear that they so have, Bagley or something Bagley like that, or something that, that ties it, them yeah. all together. Yeah, I have a feeling that he's probably going to be like the central linchpin of the plot and sort of driving everything forward, perhaps, because mm. he's like the only real link that these characters have that we know of so far. Yep. Um, we've we've seen in that cutscene in the bar or whatever it is where someone goes in and tells one person that another character had died, and then they sort of grieve for a second and then you immediately take that character over. So it seems like the characters are going to have like working relationships somehow. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's crazy to think of how it's going to work. Mm. I think, it's I think you're right, Brody. And there'll be some sort of central character dope. to tie it all together. Who's we, we don't play as that's just kind of a peripheral character for most of it. Maybe um, Aiden's but back. It's all, mm. Maybe you never know. <laughs> But, I like um, the game. It seems to be all that. like some sort of dead sec kind of uprising, right? Some sort of resistance movement. And I presume it's just going to be you kind of piecing together that movement and then carrying out some sort of final mission or achieving some sort of goal. But I can't yeah. imagine. I think you're right. And there'd be some sort of framework, kind of loose framework that can kind of they can play around with as necessary. Um, I can't imagine anything like spectacularly revolutionary when it comes to the story for Watch Dogs Ult- uh, Legion. Um, but uh, no. I suspect it to be a lot of fun, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm there for. While while it's on my mind, can we talk about something that it's it's been bothering me, guys? Not bothering okay. me, but it's, right. just, it's got me thinking. Uh, and it pertains to, uh, because I was, we were talking about it before, who had good E3s and stuff like that, and I mentioned that uh, there's a online thought bubble that uh, Nintendo killed it, you know, and that's fair mm. enough. I think they, they did show a lot of cool stuff. It doesn't really appeal to me. Uh, and then I thought, well, what did they show? And then I, I landed on, well, Banjo-Kazooie and Smash. Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking, what has Xbox yet got out of this working relationship that Nintendo and Microsoft seem to have because as far as I can tell so far this is kind of off the, the beaten track it's just a thought that I've had yeah um, like you know you've had you've got Game Pass coming to Switch Cuphead's gone to Switch you know they're bringing out a bunch of the games on Switch yeah but I feel like it's been one way love like yeah. when's the, when's we've the not Xbox? had a Nintendo game come to Xbox and I was thinking about how Nintendo can make it up to Xbox they can give them <laughs> they can give them the rights to all the rare games that were on Nintendo so they can do rare replay volume 2 uh-huh. With like all the Donkey Kong games, like, come on, mm. do it, do it. But that, seriously, that'd be pretty the, cool. The main point is like, uh, do you guys sort of see it as having been one way traffic so far? It, it's, I know, I know, part of it is probably Microsoft trying to like build up some goodwill and build yeah. a relationship and such and such, get their name back out of the mud, so to speak. But you know, there's got to be some something coming back over the fence. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming every time a copy of Cuphead is sold, they get money. But 
But that doesn't do anything for us. What does it do for... All the Nintendo gamers are are, are killing it. They're loving it. Yeah. But then, I don't know. I guess there's no Xbox games people want on a Switch. Besides... I mean, I guess oh, like, I it's part saying. of a no, bigger wait. strategy, though, for Xbox. Yeah, though, isn't I, I it? want like, Nintendo stuff to... coming back our way. Nah, that that will never happen. <laughs> At least something. Like, give them the rights to something that's not getting used. Like, old rare ports, like GoldenEye. And well, GoldenEye was going to happen, remember? But then Nintendo said no. Exactly. Um, and maybe now they can play nice. Like, it's finished. Like, they can just put it out. That's right. Maybe they can play nice and just get it done. It's what part of that? a bigger strategy for Xbox, well, though, isn't it? Like, they're trying to get the, the platform to kind of well, that, yeah, exist they want on Nintendo. Game Pass to be universal. There's even, yeah, there's even I think rumors. they're working, working their way towards that. There's even that rumor that's come out post E3 that uh, Xbox was shopping the Master Chief Collection to Sony for PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, I, which I found very fascinating, if true. But obviously, that's a bit of a rumor. Yeah, I'd, it would be a very different world, wouldn't it, if that were the case? Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Uh, James, have we not mentioned any games yet that you wanted to discuss from E3? Um, I just want to quickly say Gods and Monsters looks really cute. Um, yep. Was on my list like, Yeah, um, like if Did it's Breath of the Wild. Gameplay? No. Uh, no. But if it's like Breath of the Wild mixed with, um, it actually reminds me of Rhyme a bit, the look, but I could, yeah. Yeah. I um, yeah. but Gods and Monsters, like, mixed with Assassin's Creed Odyssey mixed with freaking Breath, Breath of the, of the Wild. Wild like that could that could be cool yeah um that that interests me a little bit um I mean the, really t- talk- the team that oh. made Assassin's Creed Odyssey just committing to like the high fantasy kind of mythological stuff oh uh, I'm playing the so DLC at the, DLC at the moment and they're very pretty f- committed pretty <laughs> like I thought <laughs> yeah I thought, Cer- thought Cerberus the other day and I was like hmm like, yeah but I mean this, this is, is this is totally like moving away yeah. from any semblance of historical accuracy like yeah I different guess different art go. style um, when, when was it. the last time Quebec would have done that? Like, I can't remember what their sort of their discography would have, do, would have done. What, uh, like an original do, idea? Yeah, like that well, one. Not yeah, not like done an original IP. Not kind of done something Assassin's Creed related. Um, I'm just looking really apparently quickly. The, apparently, they did For Honor. Well, they did okay, the Black Eyed right. Peas experience in 2011. <laughs> Oh wow! How could we forget that? the seminal title, the Black Eyed Peas experience? <laughs> they're, like, they're very, they're very oh. franchise driven, from what I can tell. Yeah, I think it's just really um, exciting. They've also got like a lot of talent at there. Stop I'm smoking, excited for coach. Them. Stop smoking, coach. On what? DS. Wow. Do you reckon those people <laughs> making that game were like, when am I going to make a good game? And then like they stuck around, and now they're working on good games. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've done the hard yards, cut their teeth. In terms of Nintendo, um, I think the Link's Awakening remake looks really nice. Uh-huh. Um, and Luigi's Mansion, I think, looks great. Um, I was reading some really cool stuff about how they've designed puzzles in that game. They chose, like, a hotel as the setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that, like, so if you see water dripping down from the rooftop, you can go to the room above and that will be... And the pu- answer to the puzzle, whatever, will be there. Like, it's it's all, like, the way the environment is designed around all of the puzzles and stuff is seems really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of Nintendo, like that was all I really cared about, to be honest. Um, right, the Breath of the Bre- Wild sequel uh, didn't excite <laughs> you. <laughs> um, no, I think but- I think there is a valid argument to be made in Nintendo kind of winning the conference just because they had like a lot of fan favorite kind of announcements and Animal Crossing even- and stuff uh, like that. Like uh, Breath of the Wild know. two is a is pretty big deal. Yeah, but like. I hated Breath of the Wild. What? Like, you're whoa, crazy. controversial. 
I didn't know it's not. It's not even that controversial. I have another friend who doesn't like it as much as the old Zelda games. So what you're like, telling me is you know the so only other person in the world. I know two people. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I don't know. Like, I, I if that's the next Zelda game, like it's another Breath of the Wild. I don't know if I'm as keen as I was before I played Breath of the Wild. If that makes sense. The sure, fact um, that they've said that it's going to be like perhaps darker than Majora's Mask in terms of being a sequel. Kind of makes me think that it's probably going to be the first Zelda game I play since Majora's Mask. Cause that, right, okay. Because that, that idea, like, tantalizes me. I, I, I know I just, I just shit on grim, dark things with watchdogs, but I, I typically do <laughs> like things with dark themes. But, yeah, uh, yeah it kind of looked okay. The fact, that they're, the fact that they can pump it out quicker because they're using all the same assets and stuff doesn't bother me too much because, you know... That's, like, my all thing. Our, is... All our franchises have been doing it since their first iteration, more or less. Like, yeah, Call of Duty the... has just got a new engine. Mm. Yeah. All the systems and stuff in um, Zelda are great. Like, really good systems and stuff. But I've got a feeling maybe that stuff was what they spent the most of their time on with Breath of the Wild. Um, and then they just filled it with shrines and, like, four shitty dungeons um, <laughs> to, to, like, make it a game. But now that they've built that system in my head, they can maybe build upon that to make it a bit better. Um, I don't know. I, you guys, I thought you guys knew that I felt this way. Like when I said Zero Dawn was better than Zelda at the time, like, uh, yeah, and I that? agreed with that. I agreed with that, yeah. by the way. Um, um, I think Horizon Zero Dawn was a better game, but it's still, I, I still appreciate Breath of the Wild and I still enjoyed my time with it. I thought yeah. it was a great game. Um, like, but, uh, I get it. Yeah, I, 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 I do get it. I promise everyone. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think what, I what like Breath of the Wild really shined in was like the environmental puzzle solving, where it's like, okay, I've got to cross this river. How do I do that? Well, I, I find an axe and chop down a tree up the, the river and wash the log down. I kind of love that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, like I said, the systems are great, but uh-huh. I don't and know. Combat was some of the best combat I think I've experienced in the Zelda game too. Um, but... Uh, we could talk about Doom some more. We could talk about Deathloop, Cyberpunk, Dying Light 2. They were all my honorable mentions. But if we're being honest, really, the star of E3 2019 was very evidently this. Minecraft Dungeon. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, you're going to say SpongeBob? <laughs> I was like... Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, I could I could get behind that. Minecraft Dungeon, guys, come on. It looks amazing. Like a cooperative dungeon crawler using all the Minecraft kind of Look, I'm, world. I'm, happy, I'm, I'm happy so for you. in. I'm happy for you, sweetie, but <laughs> if, if if you can turn to me last week or whenever we were talking about it and, and say that I'm an idiot for like looking forward to the new Darksiders dungeon crawler, I can call you an idiot for this. <laughs> oh, Minecraft dungeons will wipe the floor with Darksiders, though. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, let's, because let's be real, it's going to sell gang. All ages play it. That's why. <laughs> yeah, and, Minecraft well. is, and Minecraft is popular. Darksiders isn't. <laughs> well, it must be. Well, you would think it is because it's. They're making more. <laughs> like, Darksiders has just, survived for four games. Like, Yeah, I but THQ just... Nordic are doing a lot of things that I can't imagine are making them any money. God damn it, let's <laughs> stop talking about Darksiders. Talk about okay. Minecraft Dungeons some more. No. Okay. <laughs> I well, think it's like, such, <laughs> such a sensible use of that property. Like, it just makes so much sense. It's such a perfect fit. Um, it just, I just don't think it could be any more perfect an idea for a game. I'm so in for it. I take it this is on your list. It's on my list, yeah. Of course it's on his list. Um, is it number also one? Also not on my list, but would have definitely worthy of an honorable mention as well as the uh, Lego Star Wars 
Skywalker saga, just like all oh, nine yeah. movies on the one one disc, essentially. That is, that is, that is really cool. Apparently, um, it's got some big open worlds and shit too. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize as well at the time that it's been made from the ground up again. Like they're kind of like not necessarily going back to drawing board, but starting from. Oh the, yeah, they're voicing the it all and, and stuff. Yeah, like rather That's than. Yeah, rather than just porting over the older versions, they are like kind of giving everything a fresh look of paint and stuff. So that's uh, that's really cool. Um, and obviously, we never got a Lego game for the Last Jedi, so that'll be new. And then we'll have um, Rise of Skywalker too. So hundred percent in. Um, and to let you in behind the scenes as well, a lot of people are excited about that. It was one of our highest performing articles throughout the entirety of our E3 coverage. So I think that's saying <laughs> something <sure>. as well. <laughs> well, just uh, while we're just while we're quickly on things that came out during E3 and that are kind of cool, uh, uh, did uh, any, either of you get a chance to play Roller Champions? No, I uh, I booted it up and did the tutorial, but I couldn't like I couldn't match make like there were no lobbies at the time. Granted, oh, right. I was playing like trying to play it an hour after it was announced. Yeah, but, true, uh, true. I played like three games, maybe. It's, it's uh-huh. okay. It's, it's fun. That's fun. Is it Ubisoft's Rocket League? Uh, ooh, I don't. I said this at the time. I don't know if it'll have the staying power of Rocket League because while yeah. it's fun, I feel like there's far less variety, and it sort of really just became a game of. One dude riding up and down the walls, making it really hard to get him while the others just hit. <laughs> yeah, so right. I feel like the tactics are a bit dirty. So I don't know. Unless they add cooldowns to certain things. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Rocket League necessarily. Yeah. It's an interesting idea, though. I'm obviously, really, like, keen to play some of it. Obviously, it's not out and it's a demo. So between now and then, they can, you know, tighten it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, shall we move on to the final topic then, which is sort of like PlayStation's absence and uh, and and what, how it might have impacted the show, I guess. Um, Brody, as you were the king to discuss this, do you want to do you want to lead the conversation on this one? Oh, how I did you feel? Was, I just thought it was an interesting thing to talk about. I don't know if I necessarily have that much to say about it. <laughs> um, just because I was mainly going to ask you, being a PlayStation fan, like whether you felt. E3 was sort of down a bit this year because you had less to look forward to. I mean, um, I think I, I think I, I think it was a smart move for them not to come to E3 because obviously, as we've established, they probably don't have that much to show um, with only like what three games left. And they've also shown that uh, kind of how they tend to take over social media, regardless of whether they mean to or not. Like their Death Stranding trailer that came out a couple of weeks ago, that was everywhere. Yeah, and and all they did was drop that. So I think they've shown they don't really need to be at E3. I don't think they need E3. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean the fact that they have little to show probably, and yeah, I feel like it kind of makes sense that they weren't there. But apparently their absence was felt. Like even Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, he said it didn't feel like the same sort of show without them there. So yeah, just what? Wh- how do you come down on that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that sentiment that it didn't it didn't feel the same, and I it kind of lacked a, a bit of an a bit of an oomph, I guess, like without that kind of extra <laughs> conference and and the kind of power that that Sony bring with it and the, and the kind of um, announcements they usually bring along with them. Um, that being said, I I would have I would have lo- I don't think it hurt them not being there. Uh, I think you're right in that they sort of proved their point and that they. They don't need to be there. They can still announce games and get a lot of traction without necessarily having their kind of hour allotment um, at E3. Uh, mm. And they're not... Like, Sony's conferences aren't always good. Like, and they're never perfect as well, right? Like, they always have kind of issues. And we've kind of complained in the past that um, they've 
announced they had amazing announcements but uh, the very kind of early days and it's gonna be a, a long time uh since uh till we see them we're still waiting for a lot of games that were revealed at conferences in like as far back as 2017 right like uh, when was death stranding first shown uh, maybe even 2016 i can't, can't quite remember um but I think the kind of this is the the consequence of that is that it's kind of a, a difficult period um, for for Sony and for everyone else as well because I think we're sort of like the, we're in this in between sort of stage right where the the next generation is just around the corner um, people are kind of either holding off for that or got bigger sort of announcement plans um, down the line and the timing kind of just didn't really work out for E3 this year oddly enough mm, yeah. um, I don't think it hurt sony or e3 as much as people might suggest it did or might have thought it did um i think the conference will do fine without it i think sony will do fine without it um but you're right in that like or phil spencer is right that it just didn't quite feel the same um i love james's idea of like a a, like a stealth kind of state of play conference (laughs) like in the aftermath of xboxes i'm like oh yeah here's a last of us gameplay blah 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 blah. that would have been amazing um but it didn't happen and are we like any worse off for it not happening probably not yeah and they'll probably obviously still show more of Death Stranding, probably Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us 2 at their PSX this year if they do one. And and E3's already said that E3 2020 is going to be around the same time next year, so yeah, it's not like that's uh, died in the arse without Sony yeah. keeping it together. What is, what's your thoughts on it, James? I'm curious. Do you think it was kind of any... Was it problematic in any way that Sony wasn't there? Um, I just think they just didn't have much to show and they're working on other stuff that they're not ready to show. Like, yeah. Um, and Microsoft probably is in the same boat. Like when you think about what Microsoft showed, um, a lot, hardly any stuff from their studios, um, Mm -hmm. especially the big projects that we've been hearing about real rumors about for a while. Mm Uh, so but that instead Microsoft just filled their stuff with other like third party stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, I don't think it was a bad thing that they weren't there. I just think it, the timing worked out that they didn't really need to be there. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, cause when you think about it, like what has Sony got left? Like I'm trying to look it up. Yeah. I same think, time I, as I'm I think talking about. It's those three games, isn't it? Like Ghost of Shima, Death Stranding, Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah. Medieval, which we already know about. And they've said that um, they're all coming to PS4, but there's no reason why they couldn't sort of be bridging over onto PS5 <laughs> as well. Or well, oh, th- 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 they will be cross-gen, because they'll re-release them, they'll remaster them and do all the things that they tend to do. Yeah, did, well, and did, I suppose uh, the, backward, like, the rumors of backwards compatibility are to be believed, so they, the disc might yeah, just true. work. Um, yeah. Being that you're a, a big The Last of Us fan, mm-hmm. um, did you catch the little... Uh, a little perhaps slip up from uh, Ashley Johnson the other day. I she was doing. Didn't did you? No. Oh, she, she really? Was doing, she was no. I saw it. She was doing what? an interview with uh, some guy. I think it's on some program called Between the Sheets or something. Right. And uh, and he went to. He just goes, "Oh, we can't not talk about the Last of Us. So when's it coming out?" And then mm. she went to. And then she went to go, like a, a word starting with F. Oh. So everyone's like, "Ooh, February." Uh, it could be fall, you know, or it could yeah. be like. Fuck off, nerds, and leave me alone. You know, <laughs> it could be any of those things. But, you know, the fact that it could be coming not too long after Death Stranding, really, uh, is, is 
an exciting proposition. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't hear it. No, I mean, well, I mean, I guess we were all guessing it was going to be like Q1 next year. Um, just kind of given. Uh, then again, where do you fit in Ghost of Tsushima? I don't know. Just kind of like working on the assumption that we're going to be getting the next generation kind of late next year. Like, surely yeah. it's going to have to kind of come out earlier in 2020. But uh, that's very exciting. At February, I think February would be a good time. I was wondering if it was going to be sort of um, even a June release kind of at the same sort of time that uh, the original was put out. Um, ghosts. But that may, yeah, maybe that'd be Ghosts. It's Just hard to, to know the, the order, I suppose. The generation. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, The Last of Us celebrated its like sixth year anniversary um, yesterday. So uh, I'm definitely in the mood for it. Definitely in the mood for it. That's, <laughs> that's one thing. Are you going to replay it? Uh, yeah, I probably will replay it in the lead up, I think. It's been a while since I've played, replayed it. Um, so, James, are uh, you going to play it? I might, that might have to happen. No. Oh. <laughs> I'll play the new one. What do you guys think of, like, E3 in, more in general, though? Like, was this year, I, I mean, I don't want to, like, attach a score to it, but how does this year compare to previous years? Was this a, a bit of a dud year? Does it make you any more or less excited for next year? Um, it, it felt down. Like, I uh-huh. think that's, that's a pretty common thread across the board, is that it didn't feel like it had the same punch. Like, I feel like, like I said, people are sort of playing it safe. Um, while we saw, like, little bits of, you know, Halo and Gears for me, like, uh, it was just a conference full of CG trailers, which... In the past, I typically don't mind, but as I've sort of grown to, you know, expect more from games than just cool graphics, like, I want to know how it plays. Yeah. So, um, the fact that we didn't really see a lot of that, like, Bethesda probably brought the best in terms of uh, gameplay, like, Doom just melted faces. Yeah, like it, but it was for games that we already kind of knew a lot about. Yeah, we, no, that's, We'd that's already true. seen gameplay for Doom, hadn't we? And, like, yeah, 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 you're right. Um, I think there's also a large part of it, people have made good points, that why would people want to show their games this far out, knowing that, you know, if they get downgraded prior to launch because the scope has changed, mm. uh, like, why would they open themselves up to that criticism? Yeah. And I think that's a good point. And I just, you know, it all comes down to... If, if gamers want to wonder why they didn't get any gameplay, it's because of the culture that they've created themselves. I think, like <laughs> that's a it's a hard it's a harsh thing to say, and like I, I've thrown a blanket over it. But I think that's a large part of why developers don't show gameplay this far out. Probably, yeah. I suppose like most recently we've had that be a massive problem for Anthem in terms of what was initially demoed and then what the final release was. So yeah, maybe, I mean, uh, it, it, it's happened forever. Like, it happened with Bioshock Infinite way back then, and yeah, yeah it's, it still happens now, so... Yeah. What about yourself, James? How did you feel this E3 compared to other years? Yeah, less, less like, wow moments. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, like, I think I said before... Um, I feel like there's been no leaks because no one has anything, <laughs> more so than they've just controlled the leaks well. Um, yeah. And I kind of felt like that was, that was. I mean, there was still a lot of stuff, obviously, but it's just, um, it's definitely a very in between year. Um, and people talk about like every year, like is E three relevant anymore? Yeah. And, like I don't really know, like, it, like I understand where that sentiment comes from, but then I also feel like people are like, yeah, see, it's not like based on this year, but it's also because we are in such like an in between phase at the moment, and that's uh-huh. definitely, um. I think that was definitely felt this year more yeah. than any other time. I don't know if it's just because I'm older now and I've focused on them every year now, mm-hmm. but I've never really felt this this like yeah like like you know this is coming. I guess this this like. feeling of stuff is being held back. Yeah, um, but 
eh. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think it's made me any any less excited about E3 is still to come. No way. Like, um, next year's going to be nuts. Yeah, next year, I suspect next year will be nuts. Uh, and, like, uh, I've never been to an E3. I've always covered them from a distance, I suppose, with Press Start. Um, and it's still my dream to go. I know a lot of people are starting to kind of criticize that sort of that sentiment, but... Um, I still think it's like such a mecca for gamers. I love that it's open to the public now, although I did hear that numbers were down this year and that the show floor was a bit quieter as a result. But I think like there's just something so special about the entire industry coming together for this week of celebration and announcements and excitement. Um, This year it kind of felt more negative, I think, than I've experienced in previous years. People were very quick to like jump on and criticize games and that that bothered me a little bit um but for the most part like i think it, it is quite special and that it's just you know this this week-long kind of celebration of games um and we have that at other points in the year i suppose but e3 is still in my mind remains at the, the the top of that um and i yeah i can't see what uh, happens next year with uh, all the new consoles and undoubtedly new announcements for those Ooh, i'm excited <laughs> Should be good. Uh, well, with that, let's bring it into what was episode 179 of the Starcast. So be sure to subscribe to us on Podcast One or the service of your choice. Follow us at Press.au. Visit the site at Press.com.au and join the conversation using hashtag the Starcast. I've been your host, Ewan. I've been joined today by Brody. Thanks. You can uh, follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. Feel free to uh, pass on your sympathies uh, about Commander King. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and we've also been joined today by James. Hi. Um, I'm on Twitter, at James, A-T-J-A-M-Z. I have nothing to uh, offer right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been Ewan. Um, I'm working on a review at the moment that I can't speak too much about, but look out for that one. Um, and in the meantime, follow me at Ewan underscore Roxborough on Instagram and Twitter. But until next week, happy gaming. See you. Bye.